Hello, my friends, Mel here with a quick intro. I'm sure you're sick of hearing it, or maybe you're a dot watcher, so you're not, but it's officially the final countdown to Atlas Mountain Race. I just actually got goosebumps saying that. Um, this time next week, Cynthia and I will be in a hotel room hanging out, giggling, exchange some hugs, getting the bikes ready, uh, and we will be in Marrakesh, ready to line up on Friday night local time for the fourth edition of the Atlas Mountain Race. We admittedly recorded this episode 10 weeks before the race starts, so I don't know, you do the math, I'm not a math whiz, um, with last year's women's winner, Louisa Werner. Holy moly, she had quite the ride. She'll tell us all about the crash she endured, the subsequent mechanical that happened, the aftermath of the race and navigating injury, and she shares so many valuable nuggets on just approaching cycling and ultra cycling in the way that is best for you. Louisa is such a breath of fresh air, and it was a thrill to watch her dot last year, so I'm super grateful that she was able to share her insights with us um, before we lined up at the start as well. So without further ado, we're full on into the Atlas Mountain Race mayhem. Let's hear it from last year's women's winner, Louisa Werner. today. I'm fine, and you? Thanks for having me. I'm doing really well. Yeah, thanks for being here. We're really excited to have you. Um, I have met you before, and we have been together in some spaces, but this is the first time that you and Mal are meeting. So, <laughs> so happy to finally meet. Yeah. It's so funny meeting people that like you will probably cross paths with at some point, and you like sort of know from hearing your stories on the internet, but don't actually know each other at all. So really happy to meet you. Yeah, it's very nice, and I hope we also will meet in uh, in person one day. <laughs> yes, I hope so too. Looks like maybe sometime in February. Maybe. I know, maybe <laughs> might <laughs> hang out. Who knows? Yeah, um, Louisa, where are you calling in from today? Where are you? I hear some well, sirens, me, maybe outside your house. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm in Grenoble. Here's no police. <laughs> or, yeah, I'm in Grenoble in France, a city in the French Alps. That's um, the place where I live. Is that a small town? I actually don't know um, that much about that area. Actually, it's not a small town. I, I, I cannot. I, I would need to Google how many inhabitants live there. But this, I would say it's a very big city, and it's in the French Alps. Okay. It's like um the south, the southern Alps. It's close to the border of mm. Switzerland and close to the border of Italy. It's, okay. Oh, that makes so sense. So it's yeah. all the southern Alps. I know. I see all of the photos that you put on Instagram. It looks like you're riding in beautiful homes every day or, yeah, you know, pretty often. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Here's a lot of, um, here not so many options for flat riding, but many, many mountains. And yeah, also skiing, hiking, you can do a lot. So I was actually skiing this morning. Oh my so, gosh. Uh, we can Wait, you said you were skiing yeah. this morning and before we got on the call, you also said that you were riding your bike. Did you do both things yeah, today? Yeah, both today because, oh. <laughs> because the next day it's going to rain a lot, so I... Oh, and you can, you live in the mountains, so why 
Why not Why do not? both if you have yeah. the time? And you're mm. are you you're born in Germany, right? Yes, I'm German. Yeah. How did you end up in the Alps? Um, I'm doing a PhD here. So um, in Europe, there's an exchange program um, where you can, yeah, during your studies, you can spend a semester abroad. And um, I did this in France. And I liked it a lot yeah, because of the mountains. And I also, yeah. in general, like France a lot. Um, it's a very nice country for cycling. And so I ended up staying here. Now I'm doing a PhD in computer science. So um I'm doing this now for three years. There's one more year left until I need to defend the thesis. But uh, mm. yeah, mm -hmm. I hope that I, let's see what happens afterwards, but I would like to stay in a mountainous place. That's really wonderful. You seem to do a lot of activities in this mountainous place. Um, it, when you're in, are you using, or sorry, are you doing a like year round program for your master's? Uh, sorry, your PhD. Is it, is it something that you do in the summertime or do you have the summers um, off? I think that's, so I don't know how it works in the US, um, how PhD programs work there. I think it differs from country to country. So in France, you're basically employed by the university and I'm not so much relying on the, the, vacation of the students so basically i took i take my holidays um when it works for me or so ah. this is quite independent but still there the academic years like um my starting date was um, of my contract was also when the academic year started um yeah but despite that i'm i'm more like an employee by the university i would say so you get to decide when you want to take off which is probably convenient for racing um is that the case? Hopefully, yeah. That's actually. I mean, of course, if there are deadlines for. I mean, mm. um, yeah. You, in, in science, you need to publish, so I have need, have to take a look when there are deadlines where you need to finish some work. Maybe then it's not a good idea to go on an ultra cycling race uh, the week before. Yeah. But in principle, I left, <laughs> I have many holidays. Um, it's it's even. I have forty five a year, so it's even hard to take them. So did you say forty five holiday? Oh my, Europe is, that's why. I think the U.S., yeah, how much you have in the level. U.S.? It's, it's like two weeks, isn't it? Or Yeah, it's like two weeks. You And that's like paid though. I think depending on the company, you can take time yeah, off, yeah. but that's obviously not paid. But um, Yeah, for me, it's also paid, but in general, I'm not, I'm not so well paid. <laughs> so it, oh, it depends sure. a bit. I mean, yeah. uh, it's kind of a trade-off and um, I mean, you also need to finish your PhD, right? So if I would always take all my 45 days, it would be hard to finish the PhD, I ah. would say, or... Right. Mm. It depends on, on your PhD also, I think. But um, I mean, that's a month and a half of time. That's yeah. actually a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, it, it, in the first year, I took everything. Like in the first year, I was uh, yeah enjoying the life a lot, I would say. And now it's getting a bit more stressful since I need to finish next year. Um, yeah. But still, it's a, it's a huge advantage for cycling. Just living life in general, having living a bit life. more time to be a person and relax and not make your job your whole existence so you do so many different activities like skiing <laughs> you're a rower and I think I I pardon my internet creeping I think I saw you won a bronze medal at an under 23 world championships in the lightweight Whoa. women's quad oh yeah that's true <laughs> and, oh, and wow. correctly. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, yeah. in oh, I don't even know the year 2015 if, yeah. I, wow. if I'm right, I would. yeah. So I very was. Cool. Um, I mean, you don't. I would not say you're rowing very. Prof, rowing is not a sport where you have professionals like in cycling where you're paid. But um, 
I would say I was doing this quite competitively. I was uh, training a lot at that time. And this is also how I um, came to cycling in the end, because, um, I mean, rowing is a different activity. It's not so endurance-based. You also do, like, strength training. And it's, it's, I mean, usually when you row, it's, like, not more than two hours per session. And to add more endurance, rowers often cycle. And uh, so that's how I got a road bike. I did some training in the end. Maybe one reason why I stopped to row was also um, because I liked cycling a lot. And I. <laughs> it was hard for me to save my energy for interval sessions in the boat because I liked cycling so much. And I, You're right, I, I, much. Couldn't, I couldn't ride easy when I started cycling. So, uh, yeah, in the end, I... I bet your coaches loved that. <laughs> my coaches in rowing were luckily very, very nice. Um, they also liked um, that people do a variety of sport if they think that helps them and yeah but I think mm -hmm. for me it was also a bit maybe a sign that I want to try something new so I switched a bit more to cycling then I was cycling in a German team for one and a half years or like oh, a wow. lot more like a, not a very big one but it was more like to try out but for me um, I didn't like the peloton um, so much mm. I found it quite stressful mm -hmm. And in the end, what I liked about cycling when I was still rowing is that I could go outside. I could also do longer rides, you know, and, and see a bit the environment. And uh, in the end, in racing, I spend a lot of time in the car. I spend mm -hmm. a lot of time uh, also doing interval sessions. And it was a bit not the thing that I was initially searching. So I stopped that again. And yeah. <laughs> well, then how did you find ultras after that? What? took you to that place mm. so actually when i then stopped with road cycling like competitively it was also a bit like i was a bit done with um performance sports because i found it a bit stressful and maybe i also choose to try out cycling because i was a bit um like my rowing career kind of ended a bit um i had injuries and i was not uh, successful mm. anymore i couldn't get back to the point where i felt strong and then i try something else. So maybe I needed cycling uh, to, to continue that for a while. But at some point I was done with it. I was, uh, so I was just cycling for myself. I didn't want to uh, go on competitions anymore. So I started bikepacking and I also did my uh, um, exchange semester in Grenoble and I was, uh, yeah, I was more doing like cycling, taking photos and enjoying life. And um, then I saw a movie about Jana Kesenheimer. I think you know her also. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, she like um, she did the Three Peaks race, and there was this amazing movie in in German. I don't know, maybe it has subtitles, but an amazing movie mm -hmm. in German. Um, I think that brought many uh, women or general people to ultra cycling. And also, when I saw that movie, I could identify very well with what she was doing, and I was like, okay, I need to do this. And um, actually, I think half a year later, I signed up for my first ultra, which was the Switzerland Ultra Cycling Challenge um, in, mm -hmm. a, in a duo with another friend um, who I knew from university. Oh, that's cool. Um, wow. I don't know if you know the Switzerland Ultra Cycling Challenge. It's, um, it's, a, very, um, it's a very nice event because um, you start wherever you want at the train station in Switzerland. Oh, cool. And um, you end in the capital. And the the, um, the concept will rise a bit every year. But um, for us, it was that you need to be at every canton 
and Canton is the parts of Switzerland. It's divided different parts. So you have to mm. go to every part of Switzerland and you have to go to seven checkpoints where you can get the local food. Oh, oh cool. cool. So that was the plan and the rest you try yourself. So um, we really liked that idea. And um, yeah, so we signed up for this and... Then I got the ultra cycling virus. <laughs> then the next year, I then I I got a bit more confident to do something um, alone after I've done it in a pair at first, and then I did the Italy divide um, in the year afterwards. Okay, I thought that was your first one, but okay, that makes sense. You did the what is it called? The Swiss Switzerland ultra cycling challenge. Challenge. Yeah. Okay, cool. Doing it as a in a pair first compared to racing by yourself. How different was that? Or did you enjoy one experience more than the other? I think it's hard to say. I would say I like both. I think for the first mm. um, ultra cycling challenge, it uh, it was just the right thing. We had we had mm. okay. no. So you weren't racing. No, it was no, we had no ex- more of like an enjoyable experience. <laughs> exactly. I mean, we were still kind of racing, but our route was also not very optimal. We had uh, we hadn't planned it very well. <laughs> Um, but it, it was a nice experience as a team, um, also for the first time to get into it. And, uh, yeah, we were enjoying it a lot. And, um, the friend with whom I did it, um, I think we also have, um, I also, we also think about maybe doing something together again, because, um, I oh, think we fit cool. very well in a team. And, uh, awesome. I think this is important. I think if you're, um, racing or, yeah, or doing bikepacking, I think recycling is even more important. Um, if you're doing that together, you should somehow be on the same le- level. I mean, physically, but also how you make decisions. And yeah. for us, this fits very well. So, um, hmm. yeah, Mel and I have actually had a couple conversations with people about like the difference between pair racing, which I have not done yeah. myself. I've only done individual racing. Um, and Mel has done. How, have you just done one pair? Just race? one. Just one race with my fiance Jake and then we're going back to Silk Road Mountain Race and racing as a pair. Oh nice. This summer after we get married, it's not really a honeymoon, but we <laughs> joke But but if, if we can, joke about the honeymoon. If you can do an ultra race with your partner and you don't get divorced afterwards, I think that's a very yeah. good sign. I'm I don't know. Yeah. Hoping for a long marriage. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, it is it is funny. I mean you do you make a good point, Louise, that like we make decisions in a very similar way. We're very understanding of like if somebody's having a hard time. Yeah. We met another pair in Greece who were not. We met two other pairs mm. who were not on the same page. And yeah. they were having quite a difficult time uh, <laughs> just getting around and navigating each other. And yeah, I was it Alan, Cynthia, who said that he wouldn't do a race with someone who hadn't raced solo before maybe yeah actually it was alan yes um which i think is a very like you need to know how you function as a human but i think i do think though there is a lot of benefit to your situation louisa where it was your first experience doing something like that with somebody else and maybe doing it in a way that's not necessarily an event but like um you know uh a uh or not a race but maybe maybe it's an event or maybe you just go out with a friend and decide that you're going to do something wrong that way you get the experience I think a lot of people have fear I don't know any better word to say Mm -hmm. than just the idea of going out by themselves is very overwhelming um when you're riding for that long and just knowing that there's somebody near you yeah I mean even in a race when I'm riding solo I have those I mean 
we all get those gains when there's that person that you end up riding next to for a little bit yeah. or or you know that there's someone near you. It's it it does feel better. You don't feel so yeah alone. Yeah. But yeah, I think I think if I was to do a pair race, it would 100% have to be with somebody who's done individual racing before and that I know I think I could work well with like doing a bikepacking trip before the race with them to see that would be something like that I think doing bikepacking before is a good idea I think it's also to be Mm -hmm. very clear on what what your goals are because if you Mm -hmm. just say okay normally maybe if I'm going um, solo on a on a race um, I'm competitively I'm, I'm doing it competitively but if you say okay I want to do it as a pair with a friend and I want to introduce he or she to, to the sport and I don't necessarily need to win or this is not the goal. I think it's very important to be clear on, on what you expect from it and, and what you, what you want to achieve as a team. So mm-hmm. I think this is mm-hmm. very important. It's so exciting though, that there's so many, there's different, there's different formats yeah. that you can do ultra racing in. Like, I think, I, I have desires of actually going back and doing Badlands as a pair Ooh. and trying to win the overall pair. I don't know if it would be possible, but um, oh, you could do maybe, that. You could. Maybe twenty twenty five. It could be a really fun thing. Like it would be, you know, making that a goal. Your third time Badlands. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I think they're going to change the route this coming year, um, which is exciting. You know, the route's been the same, yeah, yeah. minus the rain change mm-hmm. from this last year. But um, yeah, I think that it'll make for you know a different race. Which yeah, definitely. Um, I'm all about going back to a race where the race is really wonderful, but the route itself is different. Yeah. Um, I think that's... But the route is also very nice. Exciting. I hope. I mean, I, put, I would imagine it to be hard to drop something. I would... I think I really... I don't know. Have you done the Pico Vleta? You did, right? The the. Um. Actually, you know what? I didn't end up going and doing it afterwards. I was I was pretty so tired. So I need to go um, again for this because this I is need to go and what, <laughs> is that the highest paved road in yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. and it's so nice. Yeah, actually and I you go off road though, right? Mm, on you it. can go from in, in fact you end in Capilera and you want to go back to uh-huh. Canada and you climb from Capilera and then you it's mostly off road and the last part is like single trail. Maybe you have to push your bike a bit but not much. So mm. it's mm-hmm. fine and then mm-hmm. you could can descend it's a very long descent um on the road back to to canada mm, all the way into granada and- capillara is where the finish yeah. for badlands yeah, exactly. uh, was but they're not going to end it there this coming year i don't think um because they're going to change the route so we shall see Ooh. is it going to be um, longer or the same the same distance probably the same i think that's a good yeah, distance i, I also like people. the distance I, I think this is a yeah yeah. it's doable for most people and like a regular holiday yeah. whereas like some of the races that we some other races out there are just like so they take so much exactly. so much time and planning yeah. and travel and all of the stuff so um but yeah so you did badlands in 2023 last year with yeah that's me. what we met uh, yeah. or 2022 <laughs> sorry yeah that was i know that <laughs> that, that there's a we'll have to get into that yeah. later um our Badlands experience, but so you've done um, Italy Divide, Badlands, Atlas Mountain Race, which you did um, almost a year ago, and what other and one? Three, three Peaks Race. And one, I did yes. the Three Peaks <laughs> oh. Bike Race. And I did yes. the race across oh. France, uh, five, they tested mm. the different distances, and I did the 500. I did this basically as preparation kind of for the Three Peaks uh, Bike Race. The Three Peaks mm-hmm. Bike Race, I don't know if you know that one, it goes from, mm-hmm. um, that's the one that I saw in the movie. It goes from yeah. oh yeah, it crosses basically mm-hmm. the Alps. Um, so yeah, yeah, these are these are the races I've done so far. So so this year was only Atlas Mountain Race, unfortunately. But mm-hmm. yeah, 
let's see uh, what will happen in the next years so sure yeah well tell us about tell us well let's start with like the race itself yeah. your experience and maybe some of the planning and prep like I know you and I had talked about because yeah. I was planning on doing yeah. it last year and then I couldn't get my bike sorted and my life was exploding with a lot of personal things um, going on so I didn't end up doing um, Atlas mm -hmm. last year but I want to know about your experience. Give us the lowdown. Okay, I can yeah. tell you many, many things. Actually, I just gave, <laughs> like last weekend, I just gave a short talk um, mm -hmm. at the Lausanne oh, yeah, Gravel. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, with Lausanne Gravel. Yeah, so many, many things. So where should I start? So so maybe with preparation, like I think yeah. from the yeah. very, even, even before I did my first ultra, I've heard about, or even I was thinking I could do this. I was, I already knew the Atlas Mountain Race. So um It was always kind of a, a thing for me in the beginning. I never thought. How did you hear about it? I'm actually curious. I'm, I'm wondering. I I, I, was it like a YouTube yes, video? Yes, I think it was or something like Into that? the Rift. I think I mm -hmm. saw that movie. Oh, that video got But me this also. was even before <laughs> I was thinking that I could do ultras. Like it was, I was. Wow. So, um, so yeah, because I mean, I think it was also. And yeah, because of COVID, it was not taking place for yeah. two years, I think, something mm. like that. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I always, yeah, I wanted to do that. So, um, and I was a bit hesitating because of, basically because of the time, because I, I know I want to ski in winter. That is kind of important <laughs> to me. So it, I, I can relate to that. I, I cannot think about the worst same, thing than same. being for hours on the home trainer or doing night rides in December Ugh, and same. wearing all my clothes and it's, it's cold and just to prepare for an ultra cycling race. So I was yeah. thinking, okay, mm -hmm. this is probably if I want to do that race one day, it will always be the same problem. <laughs> This will probably never yeah. change. Mm -hmm. So I, I thought, okay, uh, why don't I just try? I've done a lot of ultra cycling races the year before. Why do it? I just try to basically keep my skiing and, um, mm -hmm. yeah, organize the rest, um, in advance and then just go there mm -hmm. and see how it works. So the bike arrived, uh, in, December. So actually, you're sponsored this this 2023 season with Rose. Exactly. I remember when and that. And the bike, um, wow. I, I got a mountain bike from them, and the bike mm -hmm. arrived in December. So, and I think I, I would need to check on Strava, but I think I rode like 100k or Amazing. 150k. On. <laughs> so I was not because, yeah, I mean, I, wait, 150k before the race. Before on the it? race. So. Oh my gosh. I was because the bike, I mean, it arrived <laughs> around Christmas. It, it, yeah, it was all a bit mess. I had a deadline. I was very stressed out, but I also had zero pressure. Uh, I put zero pressure yeah. on myself because I told myself, okay, uh, I have basically not been training on the bike. I've done a lot of skiing, so maybe this helps, but who knows? I've mm -hmm. never tried this. And, uh, yeah, I, I didn't, I've never really ridden a mountain bike, so I also didn't know how this will mm -hmm. be. I just tried to set up the bike properly to get uh, everything else in advance to get the vaccines. I got, got some vaccines. I mm -hmm. thought about my packing list, but I, yeah, this was my preparation basically. And um, yeah, what else? What else do you want to know? I mean, I love the multi-sport approach to training <laughs> for Atlas. I think, I think it's really smart. I mean, I always tell people I personally am healthier when I'm doing a variety of activities instead of just mm -hmm. riding my bike. 
you know, you're hiking, mm-hmm. you're skiing. Yes, you ride your bike quite a bit, but if you do a bunch of different activities, you'll stay a bit healthier, I think, than just being hunched over on your handlebars. Honestly, and it probably was a good help uh, with Atlas because the amount of side movement and like hike a bike and awkward positions you end up having to be in when you're doing the hike a bike with a heavy bike was probably good mm. that you were doing all those skiing I movements. think it was also very good in terms of the cold, the cold mm-hmm. because mm. I was um, mm-hmm. many many people had problems with um they had cough they had uh, many people scratched because they got si- sick um mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I think I'm um, I don't know if this was the reason, but I was used to doing sports in cold temperatures and higher altitude. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was okay. And also, I mean, also from a mental, mental perspective, <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I mean, after the years of, of following training plans, doing rest day when the sun was out, going training when it was raining because it was on the plan. Mm. I was a bit like, I, I don't want this anymore. I want to have fun. And mm, I think I can mm-hmm. do it. Maybe I cannot get the last percent to perfectionize my performance. I just, I give the commitment that I want to give. And that's, mm-hmm. uh, that's my strategy. And if maybe I could be a bit better by doing it differently, uh, that's fine. I, I make the, that's still the best deal for me. So um, that was mm-hmm. a bit my, yeah. my approach. I think uh, cycling is not a very, I mean, ultra cycling has so many components. It's also how you plan yeah. your strategy, how you do your strategy. And um, I think it's not, like a sport like rowing for example where you need specific yeah. um training i think it's you need the endurance and um i think this you can get very well from other sports too yeah. what are the three key things from our recent episode with alan mel the three keys to cycling mental physical you only need two you only three. need two of the three yeah. <laughs> so where i'm curious louisa of those three things what do you think is your strongest uh whew. <laughs> it's <laughs> oh i have to think about it um i think you really need all of them i think when yeah. you're physically not so strong you will come earlier to your point where you need to mental strength i think when you're strong mm. you need it later i mean mechanical mm-hmm. you need to have a bit of luck but in my case a bit of luck that's a good description. in my case <laughs> yeah. I, was, I, I, I don't know if you heard about that or if i have yeah didn't you break your derailleur yeah, at yeah. atlas mountain race i think i think they all somehow play together yeah. these factors like if you mm-hmm. have a mental if you have a a mechanical problem that you cannot solve properly maybe need more mental strength than someone who can solve it properly and mm-hmm. doesn't have the issue mm-hmm. anymore mm-hmm. i would say um maybe i would say oh it's so hard to say <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to pick, you don't have to pick one. That's okay. i'm sorry i cannot give you the answer that's okay but uh yeah tell us about your your race experience where you had to take all three of these yeah and and run with them uh, start from the beginning and not just like the race but like before i mean i'm also asking for my own <laughs> personal knowledge here like mel and i are gonna be there yeah, in, yeah. Uh, just under three months so uh two months, two months. oh my god <laughs> 10 weeks it's 10 weeks i mean i don't follow oh. a training plan but i have a countdown in my training piece and <laughs> oh my it, it has informed me that it is 10 weeks um i booked our hotel mel so 
we're going. I don't have a flight yet. But anyway, Louisa, yeah. tell us about what, how did you find the experience of like landing on the ground in Morocco? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's probably quite helpful. Mm-hmm. You speak French. Yep. So how how did you find communicating like with folks on the ground? Was that relatively easy? Um, so in Marrakech, like when you come to Marrakech, it's a very international city. Yeah. You don't, I mean, they are very used to tourists. So I yeah, think there yeah. you can also, I mean, I think speaking French is a huge advantage. There were very few places where you could not, I mean, there were also some villages where I could not communicate in French, but this yeah. is very rare. I haven't even tried to communicate in English, I think. <laughs> So oh, I cannot tell you much about it, but I mean, of course, with other participants, but um, mostly yeah. I, I spoke in French and, and yeah, I, I think this helped quite a lot. I, I think maybe this also helped me a bit with, um, I mean, I think you also want to hear about these two pages about women at the Atlas mountain race. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think yeah. this maybe, I don't know if this was a factor, but I think speaking the language and getting in touch with people, telling them what, what, uh, what I'm doing, what I want, who I am, whatever, I think mm-hmm. it helps maybe, but I, I maybe yeah. it works also in English. I mean, uh, yeah, I just tried French. Um, Interesting. So you were, so you arrived in Marrakesh and felt very comfortable navigating the city and getting around. Did you stay at the race hotel and what was the, like before the race experience? Mm, I stayed at the race hotel and I mean, it's usually like you come to the ultra cycling bubble and you feel like at home. Yeah. <laughs> the hotel, yeah. I mm-hmm. stayed in the race hotel and it was very nice. I mean, I ate a lot of breakfast. <laughs> I, yeah, I went with some participants, um, to, with other um, races to, to Marrakesh. We saw with the city. We did all, we did mm. some rides like to check, um, if the bike is okay. And basically mm-hmm. I would say this is the same for every race. <laughs> Yeah. So it was it was very nice. I mean, everyone was a bit uh, scared of the cold. Like there were some yeah. rumors, oh, how much snow is there? Because um, I think everyone had these videos of the September version of the Atlas Mountain Race of the year before yeah, in mind, where it was super hot. Yeah. And um, but for us, the days before it has snowed in the mountains. So if you know the track of the Atlas Mountain Race, at the beginning, there's these high paths where you also need to push your bike. Yeah, there they said there's snow. <laughs> so Yeah, it was covered. Um, I saw videos yeah. of people walking through covered in snow. Yeah, yeah. And, and this was actually, um, actually, we were lucky because the week before it is, I mean, when I, when we was there, it is snow was so, somehow dense, like packed snow on which you could walk quite easily. Also, I was not the first one passing. So there were a lot of traces by people. It was not such a big, big deal in the end. Uh, it was mm-hmm. cold, but I mean, also when you push your bike, it's not that you are so cold as when you descend uh, sitting on your bike. Yeah. So that was not such an issue. But in fact, uh, the week before when it snowed and after the race, again, it snowed. And uh, so in the end, we were lucky with the weather. So I hope you will have the same but the mountains looked very yeah fingers crossed <laughs> fingers crossed um, the crossed. mountains looked very beautiful with the snow i i, I still mm. liked it a lot and yeah. um yeah but the cold was definitely um an issue and a challenge in the race for me um because also i mean when i'm here in the alps and it gets cold in altitude usually you can descend pretty fast and in the valley you find civilization it's warmer it's um yeah, you can get, you can go inside somewhere, but it's different. The Atlas mountain race, quite often you're on high plateaus at 2000 meters. 
it's technical ter terrain. It's not like you can descend uh, within the next 20 minutes. So there were some participants without sleeping bag. And I would personally not, not do it. I would pack conservatively because if you have a mechanical in the night when it's cold, um, yeah, I also, because of the cold, I slept at the checkpoints basically. Usually in ultra cycling races, I try to sleep whenever I'm tired. I just put my BV and that's it. But I changed the strategy a lot uh, for the Atlas mountain race. Um, so the first reason was um, I wanted to break somehow that rhythm of um, the race starts in the evening. So if you, so I did, I did my first night at the checkpoint one, which is after 180 kilometers. And normally I would say this is too early, but I, I just decided it's so cold. I sleep two hours here and then I can continue because, um, and this I think was very was a very good idea because otherwise you start with um, 30 hours um, right into the race. And I think this is maybe um, <laughs> a bit hard <laughs> to, to start like this. And I also slept at the checkpoints for electricity because um, charging your devices is harder if there's less civilization. And did you run a dynamo? No, we uh no. Okay. I but I would probably have done it. I mean, you know, my bike mm -hmm. arrived in December. <laughs> Everything was yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had I had a good battery light, but I think in the Atlas Mountains, its health would just to have a problem less because the mm -hmm. nights are super long. This is the next thing that is quite mm. pretty tough. Yeah, they're twelve hours. Yeah. So if oh my gosh. so, this is also one thing why I would like to come to Morocco again, but not for the Atlas Mountain race. Because you miss so many places and yeah. Yeah, because you're riding at night. That's a sad thing about ultra racing. I mean, the number of places I've been that are probably yeah, beautiful, yeah. but I've been at night. <laughs> it was cool with Badlands. I got When I did it again, I got to see some of the things that I had missed because of the way everything worked out. And I was like, oh, this is great. I, I was in this area in the dead dead of night, but now I get to see it in the daytime. So yeah, so you yeah, need I to understand that. choose a different rhythm for each try. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. but this was definitely challenging. So I didn't have a dynamo. What else? <laughs> what else do you want to know about? How yeah. many batteries did you bring for your headlamp? Um, so I basically like my light setup that I usually have is um, I have a supernova light that is on the handlebars. Um, there you have a big battery that is connected. I took one of these and the charger. Um, I don't know. I think it depends how 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 much um light or how, how much yeah they're different levels um yeah but it lasts quite long when you're in low low mode um but then as a headlamp i have so i have an, an additional lamp um and therefore i have battery cells that i ah, yeah okay i need to i, need, <laughs> I can look this up for you how um how, um yeah how long they last um, yeah lumens and yeah, that's yeah okay. batteries and how long it lasts yeah I, it's hard to know it's, especially i'm sure with the cold I, I don't know i think cold makes a difference in how yeah, long the batteries yeah. last and i think it's a good idea for the cold nights and long nights to take a bit more battery um mm -hmm. equipment and yeah that's what we've been thinking <laughs> Yeah, I think I'll definitely run a dynamo. I, I'm pretty against dynamos in shorter races, but I think this is 100% a, a race where a dynamo wheel will be advantageous to use. And that way, then you don't have to worry, like you said, like what happens if you are you have a mechanical and you got to sleep out in the middle of nowhere in the high alpines? Mom, I know that you're listening to this and 
I promise I won't let that happen. But if it does happen, <laughs> then you have extra battery for whatever it is that you need to charge. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good idea. And I was also I'm, I was also very happy that I do not only have the handlebar light, but the headlamp. Because the when headlamp. I had my mm -hmm. mechanical, like I had, I had um, one crash where I broke the, the radio. And uh, you cannot prepare very much when you don't have a headlamp. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. If you only have a light so on your bike, for sure. it's not only about writing, sure. it's also about repairing stuff. Like a headlamp is, is very useful mm. for that. And opening your bags and just yeah. getting into things. Getting exactly. into bags. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Tell us about this crash that you had. When was it? How early on? So I, I think it was on the descent of the Colonial Road. The Colonial Road is, um, I think it was 800 kilometers before the finish. Um yeah. It's a rocky descent. I was. I just met some photographers at night, and uh, they asked me how I'm doing. I'm yeah, it's 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 going so well. I cannot even. I cannot oh, even. So worse. <laughs> and I'm descending, and I was also having fun. You know, I was really having fun. Yeah. I got a bit more comfortable with my mountain bike that I haven't been riding before. So, um, yeah. But in the descent, uh, I, I don't know how it happened. I think there must have been a rock, but I somehow went over the bike. Um, oh, so that. Um, I then and then I entered a village and at the village I checked what was broken. I was fine, mm. um, but I yeah. lost one of my arrow bars. I had arrow oh. bars, and uh, yeah. I would really recommend to Forgot to take them. <laughs> but I lost I lost one of them, and uh, and then I also my headlamp uh, mount got broken, but I fixed it with cable ties. And yeah. then I thought, okay, I was lucky. That's it. And then the next climb, I realized um, that was not it. <laughs> There's more. Oh. I wanted to shift uh, down to climb and I realized, okay, I only have five gears um, and the hardest five gears. So oh I was a bit shit. How can I finish the race with this? Um, and in the end, what I ended up doing is um, to manually tighten the cable on the back. Like if I tighten it, like there's a screw and if you I tighten it, I get the hold the radio up to the lowest gears mm. so when ah, it was like smart, um, smart. climbing terrain with climbs and descents i took the lowest gears and the descents uh, don't care which gear you have and in the flat parts i put the highest gears so um, but when it was hilly i, I was uh, super annoyed but um yeah that's crazy when i did um across andes last year i uh trusted or this is when you don't listen to people telling you uh what you should and shouldn't bring or reach was like or reach barthamos one of the like most notable ultra racers out there said like oh you only need to bring two axis batteries and i was like okay i'll bring one on my bike and one in my bag no. and <laughs> Cynthia, i could have told you that was a horrible i was like <laughs> So I didn't bring a charger and I only had two batteries in like 20 hours. I, I, I don't know if you all know this, but the Axis batteries after a while, uh, they, they're like the amount of charge that they have is less. Like yeah. they go bad mm, slowly. Yeah. And so I must have been having, I must have had one of my older batteries like 20 hours in or less than 20, 18. It, it was already oh, red. Shit. No, it was red. And I was like, oh my gosh. Oh no. So then I put the other one in, but I still had 48 hours yeah. of racing left. Oh, so I stopped shifting basically yeah. when I would ride I would shift like very very rarely I was yeah. shifting because I was trying to hold it for the rest of the ride basically I, I saved the red battery for like the very end emergency <laughs> if it happened where the next one would die oh, on me shit. and so I spent a lot of time riding out of the saddle in a really hard gear because I was trying 
to save my batteries. Um, and I ended up putting a lot of weight on my wrists and I, this, the reason why I bring this up is because Louise, I know that you had some of these kinds of issues. I ended up losing feeling in my thumb index and middle finger Mm. for like, I don't know, two months after, because I had pinched the nerve in my wrists Mm. from all of the weight on my handlebars. Mm. Um, so how, for me, like, I didn't realize that that was it. And then at first I was like, oh my God, ultra racing is, you know, it's pinching my nerves and blah, blah, blah. I got a bike fit. Everything got better for me. But I know that you have had much longer journey with this process. So did the crashing and the the derailleur issue cause this nerve issue that you experienced? Tell us about the nerve issue. Tell us about all of it. Um, so yeah, what I had, um, like when I, um, I didn't notice during the race, but after the race, I... Mm-hmm. I like the night after, I think it was the most painful. I even woke up um, from mm. that because I had mm. some nerve wow. pain. And it, oh. I, during the race, I only noticed like I once had to fill out a form when I checked in the hotel and I couldn't really write, but I thought it was because it was cold. Mm-hmm. So mm. I didn't think that this is nerve damage. I never had nerve problems before. But um, yeah, after the race, I was very worried about that because I had pain and I had um, like on my right no left hand i used my strength in the thumb for example i would not be able to pick something up if if, if something f- yeah. f- i could not pick it up i could not uh mm-hmm. no it was it the right or the left hand <laughs> and i think it no i think it was the right hand because with right I, what, what this is the one with which i would you write really right with so mm-hmm. and for the other one i lost sensibility and nerves in here like mm. in inside so it was opposite on your yes, hands. Yes, I mean on the on the. That's very so interesting. The, I was at a doctor actually, and and she was testing the nerves, like which nerves are blocked. They were even checking if I have something in my back that's coming from mm-hmm. from above that blocks something. They did a radio, even that, and uh, but in fact it was the nerves, and probably it was because of the vibrations, and mm. I think like it could have been a reason that the handlebars, um, the no, the aero bars broke. Um, oh, that I, I, I exactly, I, I had to stay in the mountain bike position, and also I'm not very used to mountain bike, and I think maybe also mm-hmm. mountain bike um, bars are more traumatizing for this because you have your wrists in a weird position. And me, I was also yeah. I got my bike in December, I was not very much used to it, and now I have these mm-hmm. inner bar ends to to. Um, but uh, I would definitely yeah, take aero use. bars for the Atlas Mountain Race to avoid hand issues. But in fact, I was a bit shocked how many people had this problem and how many like when you end the race when you finish the race you talk to the others and many people had these kind of issues and many people already had them before and Mm. so i'm wondering i never had them before but i was also never riding on a mountain bike before Mm -hmm. um i think with some setup you can avoid them but um yeah i I mean riding 20 hours out of 24 hours is also much it's, it's a lot so it's a lot ultra cycling is not the best for your body i would say mm-hmm. so yeah um yeah <laughs> in a lot of ways i mean i'm a computer scientist i it was of course it was super annoying to have these problems with the hands yeah mm. but i was very confident that it would come back and now i'm perfectly fine again but mm. um that's wonderful I'm so so that. i'm not so how long did it take to heal i mean I, it healed like, I think four months, four to six months. Like wow. the, mm-hmm. actually the motoric, the, the motoric problem on the one hand, mm-hmm. it didn't, 
the ones where you were exactly. pinching your in, your index exactly. and your thumb. This one, like it didn't evolve at all, and suddenly it was gone. Suddenly it was like normal. Mm. And mm-hmm. um, for the other one, it took a bit more time, I would say. And mm. for a while, it was still like annoying when I was descending on the bike. Um, yeah. But now it's also like normal again, I would say. But mm. if you maybe have a job where you need to do like, for example, I don't know, you're a teacher and you need to write on the board. Yeah. Or if it can risk your job, you, you should yeah. maybe think before about um, mm-hmm. finding solutions or, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I personally am not a fan of the the flat bar. I think it causes a lot of problems. Yeah. I would much rather ride a yeah. drop bar. I feel even comfortable descending yeah. on my drop yeah. bar in the drops over being, I mean, I love a mountain bike. I yeah. mean, don't get me wrong. Mountain bikes have their place. But yeah, I think it's interesting. I don't know. It's hard. I, I, I would love to be able to do more races that were drop bar. Yeah on technical terrain uh but you know the gearing options are limited when you're doing something like that um i think you need some custom custom uh builds there are new bikes coming out three t just came out with this i'm gonna plug this i'm in you have such a nice three t just came out (laughs) oh my god this week yeah they just came out with a new bike called the extrema and i put 2.25 29 uh huge tires on there and i've like wondering mel and i were talking like should i use this i think you could um to be on yeah i don't know it's the gearing what what was it what was the gearing ratio your front chain ring on your mountain bike oh (laughs) i can look this up for you and you maybe you can put it in the notes yeah yeah mel's a a bigger fan of the drop or not sorry the flat flat bars i love flat bars i will say i have to admit I have a bit of numbness in my pointer finger and my thumb from a race Mm -hmm. I did in August, but it is my fault because my partner made fun of my handlebars because I had the little inner bar ends, Mm -hmm. but I have these really ridiculous looking ones from Amazon. Um, So they, they look funny and he's like, Oh, your bike looks so much cooler without those. And (laughs) I'm mad at Jake. Why would you do such a thing? I know. So I took them off because I, I know it's my own fault. I listened to him. I took them off. I did have arrow bars and the arrow bars made a big difference. But after the race, I was so mad. And I said, I don't care what my bike looks like. I should never have ever, Mm -hmm. ever listened. (laughs) Don't listen to anyone else. Figure it out yourself. To it does this not is a matter note to what, everybody do listening. What works yeah, for you. Yeah. This is... Do what works for you. There are some crazy bikes out there, y'all. People yeah. ride some of the weirdest yeah, things. I mean, but yeah, are... so I'm dealing with a little bit of this numbness and um, I don't really know how to make it go mm. away. I don't think it's time. Um, it just takes some time. I think it's time. time, but I think there are still some things you can do. I think there are some... I mean, I got some supplements prescribed that are good mm-hmm. for nerve generation mm. uh, regeneration i can oh, also look, i haven't I had an amazing that. doctor like she was taking a lot of time mm. to 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 check the nerves and to give me the best possible therapy I even had some um you know some f- physiotherapist um yeah. sessions yeah. with a physiotherapist for hands like there would be mm. so there were some electric electricity pads to to stimulate the nerves cool. to keep the muscles yeah. and, and stuff like that so mm. but still you cannot do much i mean rest yeah. she told me to to rest not to continue mountain biking <laughs> um mm-hmm. for a while mm-hmm. and uh yeah to take the supplements and 
do these yeah. physiotherapist sessions. Yeah. And now you're back. You're feeling as your your uh, hand maybe not uh, anymore mountain bike yeah. in your future. My, uh, <laughs> I, I would not, not for that. Like actually, the hands. Pff, it never bothered me that much because even th I told you to do a lot of different activities so I could yeah. still do nice things without uh, putting a lot mm. of load on my hands. But um, I also have some knee issues for a while. Actually, I had them already mm. before Atlas. I have like mm. um, cartilage damage, not, not a very big one, but um, yeah, a little piece of cartilage in my knee is damaged. And this caused from skiing or actually no one knows where it where it came from. Maybe mm -hmm. it also built up very slowly. I had this already before the Atlas mountain race. I had this, I remember also last the summer before I had it. Um, but mm. for sure during the Atlas mountain race, it didn't, it was not bothering me that much, but I think gradually afterwards it got worse. So it's mm. more something that's progressing slowly, but Cutlet damage is something that you cannot really heal without surgery. And even with surgery, it's mm. not optimal. It's not something. Yeah. So yeah. this is something that, I mean, this puts a bit in question what I will do in the next years, because when you know mm -hmm. that you have a damage in your body that you cannot heal and that will, even if you do the best you can, it will get worse because you mm -hmm. use your knees. Uh, um, mm -hmm. I don't know if I want to take, um, the risk, um, of trying to win races while I know yeah. that uh, I might, yeah, wear my cartilage down when I do this. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. this is yeah, more the thing hard. that I'm struggling with. Yeah. yeah. So do you think you'll continue to do events, but maybe in a more relaxed way so that you're not pushing your body as hard? Yeah, this is, this is what I'm thinking. I'm also... I mean, I've already checked a bit for next year what I want to do. I think th uh, things like the Silk Road Mountain Race, I would be very careful because hike your bike for me is not that good at the moment. And yeah, hmm. I mean, these races are long. Even if you take them easily, you still have a lot of load. Two weeks. So mm -hmm. I was more yeah. thinking think about shorter races or also about mm -hmm. like bikepacking trips that go a bit to destinations yeah. that are interesting for me, like I could maybe go to Kyrgyzstan and do my own thing, you know, like yeah, planning mm -hmm. a route, traveling a bit around. And I think it, you can still ride full days, but you mm -hmm. also sleep full nights. <laughs> and mm -hmm. maybe and you I get mean, to it's see bit, it in the day. Yeah, it's a bit sad. I mean, it's not that I would say I'm super happy with that because I also yeah. like the ultra cycling races a lot. And it also gave me so much and I like to push myself in races, but Mm -hmm. It also sucks when you cannot do sports because you have pain. And for me, this summer was really something I, I mean, yeah. I got some injections in the knee. I tried a lot of different therapies and in the end, I also did a lot of rest and, um, hmm. yeah, I mean, maybe I also have to recognize a bit the limits of my body. I think yeah. I, I was pushing a lot, uh, be, but trying to push it limits and, uh, go beyond these limits but yeah <laughs> i also need to respect them a bit maybe yeah and finding out how to push past the limit then what the next limit yeah. is on your body yeah. is like i mean that's all part of it it's yeah. it's true like knowing okay well i can't do this next time yeah kind of situation um i mean i've experienced some of those things where i'm like this doesn't work for me i yeah. can't do that i have to take care in this way or that yeah. way is 
it's hard to recognize that, but it's, it takes a lot of, a lot of strength to, mm-hmm. to figure out where, where your true, true limits are to keep your body healthy. Because I mean, we can all keep doing these and degrading our yeah. bodies, but you know, you see, I think we're seeing in, um, some of the people who are kind of stepping back from ultras or have been present in the ultra world, maybe not doing as many races mm-hmm. is because yeah, they're finding that <laughs> it takes a toll on your body yeah, and, and you know, how, how long can you do these kinds of things is really, I don't know. That's what I wonder. I'm like, yeah, how many years until you feel like, okay, I can't do this anymore. I think it's a very personal decision, mm-hmm. but I think I also have the impression that people don't talk a lot about it. No, you always see like no, I'm, I'm pushing myself to the limit, and I put I'm mentally so strong, and I I think when you really look how many people had kind of knee issues or also these hand issues, mm-hmm. it's kind of normalized. I, for example, I yeah. would never take painkillers in a race um, to avoid uh, pain, but I think it's very common that uh, people also would take painkillers or. I mean, I don't want to judge what others do. Yeah. I also like the liberty of ultra cycling that you race against yourself and that you decide how yeah. you want to, how mm-hmm. your right should be. Um, I'm not a fan of, um, yeah, it, yeah, organizations to, to put too many limits, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to, yeah, to, to make a decision for yourself that you're happy yeah. with. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think I'm a bit at the point where I need to decide how much I want to give. And yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because my, the, for the year where I did the three peaks race, Italy divide, the race across France. And then also like on the weekends, I did, I did rides like 7,000 meters of elevation and <laughs> it, it went well. Big and rides. now I have that problems. Is... I mean, it, maybe there's, it, I would also have problems, uh, from something else or no one knows, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's a bit about probabilities and about how much risk you're willing to take. And yeah. Yeah. Recovery. I don't know. That's such a hot topic. Yeah. yeah for time. me, it's, it's also like very hard. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. It's hard when you want to do all the activities, you know, the sun is shining, you have the, the chance to go and do it. I mean, why it's, it's hard to hold yourself back. I think there's a world, there's this thing where I don't know how you guys feel, but I always feel like I haven't ridden enough. I'm not training enough. And I mean, I could imagine that a lot of people that do ultras probably feel the same way. And you know, it's interesting where it's like, I don't know, it's three parts. It's not just the endurance. Yeah. It's also the mental and it's also the mechanical. And it, and it's like, yeah. you know, I don't know, maybe on those days off, we decide to train something other than our physical beings, like doing a mental, um, you know, mental exercise um, and counting that as training. Cause it is, you're, you're using your brain and you're, you know, you're, you I mean, you're, you're training in some way. Um, and recovery so, yeah, is, I think recovery is just as valuable so preparation. Important. I don't know. My take on that, Cynthia, is you can always do more. There's always going to be someone who is, <laughs> yeah, no, but I'm, I'm saying like, there's always going to be know, someone like, who's doing more than you. There's always going to be somebody. Yeah. And it's like this trap of comparison. I had to get off Strava because I was like, you know what? Hmm. I feel like less confident in my abilities when I see someone else doing more or someone doing less mm-hmm. and having better results than mm-hmm. me. And it's like, what does that matter? Because it's it's yeah. for me and my own experience. And yeah, I still check on check on it sometimes, but it's like, you know, it's such a personal thing. Yeah, that's true. 
I think usually when you check I, Strava, the problem is that you're on the couch and probably not yes. exercising yeah. while you're checking it. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, but maybe you also need to have to be a bit, have a bit this character of always wanting more to yes. like ultra yeah. cycling. Yes. Yeah. So it's a bit, yeah. <laughs> it's maybe sort of a contradiction. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah. It's tough. Sometimes you need an outside perspective. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, like, even if it's just like a friend, I think this is everything in life, but if it's just like a friend, you know, it's so hard to be somebody who tells someone else, hey, I think you're doing too much. But it is really helpful when you have an outside perspective, whether it's a friend or it's a, maybe you have a cycling coach or maybe it's a family member. But yeah, sometimes when when it's hard also when your family members yes. don't quite understand what you're doing. Yes. But, um, but yeah, it's definitely like if you can have an outside perspective occasionally, I think it's important to, to keep yourself in check and know like, okay, wait, actually I am doing a lot. Yeah. And I mean, ultra cycling is also kind of a bubble or it's kind of a game, you know, it's, it's like yeah. mm -hmm. um, a game with some rules and you, yeah. I, I mean, sometimes it's, it's good to see what, what's, uh, What's happening in normal life? Yeah, comparison is the thief of joy. I think that's a really good saying. I don't know. I can. I, I sometimes I think about like, oh, I've only ridden so many miles this year, and when I found out, tell me about uh, it. Kara <laughs> Dick disaster. Kara <laughs> <laughs> um, Dixon, the person who got second at Badlands behind me this year, has done like I don't know, rides twenty five thousand miles or 20,000 miles every wow. year. And that's a lot of miles. So I mean, that much. is, I know that, I don't know what that is in K, but it's a ton of, a ton of distance. And when I looked at my Strava a couple of days ago, I was like, Oh, I don't, I am not, I probably won't get to 8,000 miles for the end of the year. That is a huge difference. That's more than two and a half times the amount of riding I've done in this year. But it's like, wait, no, I can't compare myself. Yeah. What does We're it all matter? Doing our different things. Why does it matter? Just congrats to Kara. And more is not always faster, riding so much. Right? <laughs> It's not mm -hmm. always. It's so personal. Some people can can get away with doing less and be really strong, and other people need to do more. And also, like, it's just so it's so personal. But it's easy to get caught up and just like yeah. look at the look at the numbers on paper or a little app on your couch, and you're like, why why am I not like this? <laughs> I think a lot of people also who ride a lot need the knowledge that they've ridden a lot to give them the mental yeah, strength to right. do the races right. there's also that side of it yeah too. maybe but it does not always mm. scale i think it does not mean that you cycle more and, and you, you're yeah. getting better i think ultra cycling can also be very exhausting not only the training or the races themselves but also preparation travel i think it's maybe also good that you go to a race and you don't feel like oh okay i'm going here but also i would maybe have needed three weeks at home It's maybe also mm -hmm. good when you're fresh and excited. <laughs> That's maybe also Always. important. Uh, yeah. In the end, maybe this uh, is more important than the mice you've been you've written in the past. Too. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so many. <gasps> this is a total pivot, but I want to hear your crazy story that you two have from Badlands. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we, we were writing. I mean, I think we our dots. I never, never saw met, you. Their whole been, race, we yeah. never met. Didn't meet before. I never saw you during when when we crossed. Like when I was passing you, you must have been inside a shop or like I don't. It was in the middle of the night. I don't. I don't yeah. remember. What, what, do you remember? It was in the town before Almeria. I don't even know where we met, but I, I think yeah, maybe I was at the gas station. I don't know, but I, I don't even know mm. when we when when we crossed. But uh, 
Yeah, it was the nighttime. I woke up and I was like, oh my God, I got passed by two people in this four hours that I was sleeping. Um, so I think, I guess, yeah, we never no. met. And then at the end, at the finish in Capilera, uh, Cap, Capi, Capilera, yeah, at the end, I was hanging at the finish. And um, I had a hotel room and you needed a hotel room and you finished. <laughs> so we just shared. And I, <laughs> we shared a hotel room, hadn't met yet. And uh, for those who are listening, um, when you race these things and don't, maybe you've never done an ultra where you've carried only your belongings. Like you only have your cycling clothes. Like if it's not that long, you don't carry extra clothes. And so your cycling clothes are disgusting when you finish and you're in a town without anything else. Um, I don't know what time did we finish. It it was like the middle of the yeah. night, right? Or maybe like the, the, the eleven or midnight closed, or something, yeah, something like that. Hmm. Yeah. So we ended up sharing a room, and <laughs> you're just naked in the room. Mel <laughs> <laughs> no, had to say it for yeah, me. Yeah. I was like, I know you're at. Here's the math. You don't have any clothes. You're. <laughs> but I mean, at some point, at some point, you're so tired. You also too tired you don't even to care. care about you you don't uh, tired to organize something so i was super happy that i got this opportunity to have a room yeah. and a bed and sleep and <laughs> and shower and uh, and i think uh, this and it was one of those beds those funny beds um, were you sharing a bed like, basically yes it was like two beds Actually, but they put I, them I together i don't even remember these all the, these details <laughs> i was so tired <laughs> <laughs> I didn't care at all. Otherwise, I would have remembered. <laughs> oh my that's god, that's so funny. Yeah. Well, but this Cynthia and I are sharing a room in Morocco, and we like because you know this because you've done the race, Louisa. You drop your stuff off, and then the race doesn't start till the night. Yeah, and we booked the hotel so that we could just leave in the like we booked it an extra day so we mm. didn't have to sit outside for yeah. the whole day. And because we don't want to be in our cycling clothes all day, we're like, I guess we'll just crawl into bed with no clothes on for the whole day. <laughs> but that's, I mean, I'm hoping I can sleep. Yeah. That's but my that's goal. what I like about ultra cycling. I mean, the community is I great. The community is great. And the people so are, are not complicated. No. Yeah. You, it's so and special. This is, I think this is also one of the big, uh, what I was missing a lot this summer. And I think this community mm. is so amazing. Like, It's not mm -hmm. so competitive that people are comparing each other. There are people coming to race with so many different objectives. Some want to be yeah. to win. Others just want to have a great time with um, friends or explore a country. And, and yeah, so there's not just one objective. So people are very different and it's, it's, it's very nice. I like the atmosphere a lot. Mm -hmm. and i think everybody respects each other. Exactly. And that and, to and me also, is like such a special exactly. thing. And also, yeah. How, how fast you are, which pace you want to do, it doesn't matter. Like, um, yeah. Yeah, no one cares. Yeah. That's great. And that's uh, super, that's super wonderful. Yeah. This is, uh, Shall we do this or that, Cynthia? Oh, yeah, let's do some this or that. Now that everyone's heard our funny, our funny first interaction with the... Maybe not as exciting as your your two first interaction today. Sorry, Mel. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think Morocco, you can... I mean... To be honest, like when I was, when I was uh, at that time of the year, like uh, before the race, I was also very scared and oh shit, I need to do so many things. And I was also, mm. I got, to be honest, I also got very scared by the manual, like not also oh, the, the manual. Women, I oh mean, the, this, <laughs> it's 42 pages, y'all. 42 yeah, pages. I appreciate Nelson's manual. Yes, so I, I love also appreciate it a lot, but I was also worrying a lot. And I think yeah. it's maybe it's, I think maybe it's good that you worry before because then you take things serious and you prepare. Mm 
mm-hmm. and you yeah you wonder about about uh, the risk that you might be taking but yeah in the end i i got asked a lot maybe, maybe i should talk about this shortly because i i was asked mm-hmm. this a lot like um is, yes i think i know what you're gonna say and please say <laughs> so the, the the question about women's safety in morocco mm-hmm. yeah yeah so i don't know if you've heard about there have been incidents in the past mm-hmm. um But like, I think one incident was uh, that I think Ashley, she got stopped by someone mm-hmm. and he, he grabbed her or something like that. Yeah. And an, another woman, she uh, she uh, scratched from the race after being surrounded by teenagers who also wanted to touch her or some, something like that. Yeah. Um, so I was very, I was a bit worried because I didn't know what to do. I also saw a movie from Jenny Tuff about yeah. her running mm-hmm. uh, about her but she also did the Atlas mountain race but she also does some solo yeah. self-supported running and she said that in morocco she was constantly watched by people and felt uncomfortable so i was a bit worried about this but to be honest i had no problems at all i i mean mm-hmm. there was really nothing and i think also maybe this is also because the police um presence has been increased during the race like in the beginning mm-hmm. you also see the police but later on um you don't it's not like that is disturbing you from having a good experience of the race it's not like that you feel like guided by police cars it's not not at all like that but i think maybe the inhabitants know that the police is there so maybe but maybe moroccan people are, maybe i was just lucky maybe it was because the police was there or maybe it's usually never a problem i don't know but i had no problems I I would from my side I would now also go to Morocco alone I think. Yeah. I felt very hmm. comfortable. I I found the people were super helpful. Like one story that I have also been telling a few times is, um was quite funny like I had this crash. I came to the next village. I was still like a bit shaking, stressed and uh, from that crash. And I went to a shop, bought some snacks and then I saw a few riders and um that were in a coffee shop and i went to them and we were eating together and then i wanted to leave and i was i noticed fuck i one glove is missing and it's like very cold in the atlas mountains you need winter gloves otherwise it's uh it's something like you cannot continue without them so i was super stressed like where have they they should be somewhere here because i was uh riding with them before so i was It had no idea where they have been. So I went to the coffee shop and asked um, the owners if they can help me out, if they can maybe sell me some, some gloves or if they have some. And the guy was like, wait a second. And he was jumping on his motorbike and driving home. And he gave me some, some very nice gloves. I actually still have them. And I took them wow. this morning wow. today. <laughs> And Whoa. I was like, okay, what mm. you what do you want for this? This really saves my life. It's, it's super awesome. And he said, like, what do you want? As, as you prefer. So, of course, I, I gave him uh, quite some money. Yeah. Um, and then I, I was happy that I solved the problem, but I still didn't understand, like, where this glove, where it was. <laughs> so um, then other rider left the sh- shop and he came back and he gave me the glove like like this. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and actually <laughs> some dog took it and he was, was, was oh. you know, because there were maybe some, some, some rests of food on it. So yeah. hmm. he was, um, yeah, having my glove in the corner, enjoying <laughs> to, to eat it. <laughs> and you know, so then funny. I had uh, two pairs of gloves, but in the end I took hmm. the Atlas, uh, no, the, the gloves by the Moroccan guy. 
So mm-hmm. I perceived the That's people cool. as very friendly and helpful. Yeah. And also I didn't feel like, um, yeah, watched too much by people. But I think, yeah, but this is my personal experience. I don't want, I cannot say that there's nothing going to happen. But I was also thinking beforehand, like, how do I feel about this? Like, um, well, for me, it made a difference if, if there's, there's like a terrorist attack and you have problems to be, or you might be killed or I don't know. Or if there's maybe someone coming too close and, uh, I, I think, I think these very severe attacks are very rare in Morocco. Um, and I think for the other one, I thought, okay, I, maybe if you go to a nightclub and you dance and you go home, you, you might also, or there might also be guys that are touchy or, so I, I think, okay, it's risk that I'm taking. And, um, I also thought maybe this is even a reason for me if I want to travel to Morocco once in my life to do that race. Because I mean, what is more adventurous than the bikepacking race? <laughs> It's bikepacking yeah. without the race. Because if you have serious problems, you have an emergency button, you have other riders around, there's police um, in some villages. So I think it's much more safe than going alone. So for me, this actually was a reason to have this race organization if I'm in serious trouble. So, yeah. I was also a bit afraid of dogs. I like dogs a lot. <laughs> but I was afraid of... At first, I was afraid of rabies, which is also very rare. But in Morocco, there's still rabies. So I got the vaccines. Um, so well, the rabies will... vaccine is awful. I've heard it's pretty bad. Ooh. It's bad? No. Oh. No, it wasn't bad Not for you. Mm, that's good. <laughs> I think um, you can take two or three vaccines. And if you get bitten by a dog, you should get more vaccines. Like even if you have... Oh, so maybe it's the post-bite vaccine that could be bad. Yeah, I, I think... I think, oh, I don't know, there are some details on that. There's one vaccine, but there's also some cells, some anti, I don't know the English, <laughs> I don't even know the German word. <laughs> but uh, anyways, <laughs> I, I took the vaccine to be, that would permit if you get attacked by a dog and it might have rabies that you can still go to the hospital and get the Romanian vaccines without having a low probability of getting infected. And I was also worried of dogs that might be aggressive because a lot of wild dogs but in fact the wild dogs they are smart they know that they need to organize their food themselves so they don't spend mm. energy on chasing cyclists or That's they funny. were most they were mostly chill so so in, in the end i i had a great experience like the the damage or the, the things that i that damaged were caused by myself <laughs> like my hands <laughs> Um, but besides that, Morocco, I, I liked it a lot. Huh? I would also come back, um, for cycling, maybe a bit less cycling at night, but you can, you should look forward. You should really look forward. I'm excited. Okay. I know. Uh, I know I'm it's, nervous. It's hard. <laughs> I mean, it's an adventure, but it's also part of an adventure to be a bit scared, right? So. Yeah, no, so. totally. I, that's why I would do, I mean, that's why I do ultra. Yeah, exactly. Have this thrill. This is yeah. thrill. <laughs> the thrill of it. I'm looking forward yeah. to, um, less chill, more thrill. I'm looking to dot watch. Yeah, dot watching. Watching. actually many people are, are um, joining. Marion is also coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so excited to have Marion. I'm actually there. going bikepacking with Marion uh, in December. Like we go to Canarian <gasps> Islands. We do like a bit custom 
Do you want another person to be there with you? Oh my god! Yeah. I'm trying to find a place to go in the warm we weather go, right now. We go. We go with the um. Yeah, we go with mountain bikes. I think we can we can talk oh, about. Oh that. my gosh! We, we, oh, we should totally. That would be really like fun. I fly on the 13th of December to Lanzarote, and uh, uh-huh. I go back directly to Germany shortly before Christmas. Nice. And okay. we want to we'll do talk. the island hopping, but with my niece, I I we will ride uh, like normal days, like no ultra cycling days. Mm-hmm. So this yeah. is not ultra cycling. And we want that we camp. Great. And yeah. So yeah, and that also a friend amazing. from maybe you know Natalie Bayon. Oh, she's yeah. also mm-hmm. um yeah, coming, she was at um So oh, she cool. lives yeah, she lives I, um, uh, so a few kilometers <laughs> from me. <laughs> we she, she doesn't she's, she's French, French, right? Yeah. Okay, good. Okay, so you have to talk in English. I feel like I'm around German people all the time, and I just like everyone is speaking in German. Yeah. <laughs> and so it'll be nice. Everyone can speak English. Yeah, she's um, of course she's, she's speaking English. Like when I came to Grenoble, I also spoke English to her. Now we speak French. So you speak French. Yeah. Okay, nice. So many people who we'll I talk. know are there, and also yeah. more girls. I think that's nice. That um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be exciting. I don't know how many. Mel, do you know how many women are signed up? No, we'll, we'll get I that number we don't, for the, No know, one knows, right? It's just speculation. Oh, it's just speculation. <laughs> no one knows yet, but uh, right. Nelson usually released, like, you'll get the list before beforehand, I think, when we did Hellenic Mountain Race. It was like a week before we saw the rider list, and then it'll all be on map progress. How was um, Hellenic Mountain Race? Or have you already talked about this a lot in the podcast? No, I'm happy to talk about it. Um, it was amazing. It, I think... There was a couple things that made it much harder than it than anticipated. One, it was very, very, very wet, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and it made some of it made some of the track pretty much unrideable. It turned this big section in the forest uh, into a swamp and very thick mud, and you had to hike your bike through it because you would crash. Um, and then there was two really difficult hike bikes. One. After checkpoint one, you hiked five kilometers up a mountain and hiked five kilometers down. Um, so it was an out and back. And then there was this hike along a riverbed or a, like beside a river that was these big stairs. And it was very, very difficult. So that is those two hikes are not in the race this year, um, which I think will make it easier. It's a lot of climbing. It is a lot yeah, of climbing, saw, but... Yeah. But there's like the thing about Greece is there's so many shelters. Mm. There's so many places you can sleep on the side of the road, but also lots of opportunities for hotels and towns. Mm. The food is amazing. There's <laughs> always good food. Yeah. Like we had, we would sit down in a little restaurant, have a full meal and then take off for the night. It was amazing. And the people were really, really kind. Um, okay. A lot of people were very nervous about the dogs Yeah, this because is a- there are... Yeah, yeah because there are shepherding dogs, and Sofiane did get bitten oh, yeah, yes, before yeah. the race. But uh, our experience with the dogs was okay, because we would just stop. We would mm. get off our bike, put the bike between us and the dog, and we would just, like, you know, tell them we weren't a threat, and they would eventually go away. It was mm. obviously scary when they're barking a lot, but I'm I would... So we... I think scratched. We were the last people on course before the t- the time limit because <laughs> it was taking so much longer than we yeah. thought it would. And it, we like yeah, did the yeah, math I, and I we're like, we're gonna little, miss yeah. our we're gonna miss our flight if we if we don't stop riding. So yeah. we stopped early so that we wouldn't miss our flight. Um, and 
I'll go back and finish it. But it was amazing. Like I would, I would go back. And I think without those two hikes, it'll be even better. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've been, I've been in Greece in October for, for work. And I, I didn't stay because I was not sure if my knees already ready for this, but it looked amazing. Like I don't associate Greece a lot with mountains. It's more like a holiday paradise, but yeah. In fact, there are quite some mountains, so I thought okay, I should come back for, <laughs> for cycling. Yeah. yeah. But at the moment... Yeah, the these... mountain pass yeah. after CP2 was amazing. Yeah. It was this beautiful... Be- it, it felt like Kyrgyzstan, uh, the pass. It was so awesome. Cool. That's nice. cool. So many races to do. So Yeah, time. this is also one thing, like, fear of missing out. <laughs> I think there's also... So true. Like, also, I was <clears> checking <throat> with the events that this year, and there are so many amazing events coming up. And uh, mm-hmm. I also got contacted by a few organizers, and I'm like, oh, shit, I... I uh-huh. want to take it easy. I also have to take it easy, like after a year yeah. of, of doing nothing. But it's very hard to resist. <laughs> yeah, I would like to do everything, and um... I know I would like to do everything yeah. also. It's really hard to yeah. choose schedule. Yeah, yeah. Do you have already plans besides the Atlas Mountain Race, or not? Or is this uh, secret? <laughs> can you share your plans, Cynthia? <laughs> Uh, no, I don't know yet. I haven't. <laughs> Mel and I are going to do like a end of the year wrap up podcast. Yeah. And hopefully when we, by then I'll know what my plans are for next year. It's really hard yeah, to choose yeah. though. My plans are solidified. Um, I'm going to Atlas Mountain Race, going to race solo. Uh, I guess we're maybe, Cynthia and I are maybe going to do a bikepacking trip or mm-hmm. in Trans Virginia is in May. So we're tentatively going to do I don't know if we're racing as a pair or riding in it. I don't know. We haven't figured that out. We can, it can, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's a pair ca- category. But we're going to ride the route enough, and then we're going to ride it. Yeah. I'm getting married in June and then we are going to Silk Road and doing that as a pair. So I went to Silk Road in 2021 or 2022 and I got very sick on the way there. And then I started the race anyways. It started at midnight that year and I just, I got super, I was super, super sick. So I scratched, I think on the third or fourth day because I was, it was just not safe to continue. Like it would have been very stupid to do so. Um, But this time around, I think it will be different. And it's just such a like amazing country and feels so once in a lifetime that I was like, I want to do it with someone I love. Nice. Oh, that's, that's, that's romantic. <laughs> so romantic for a honeymoon. It, it, you know what? It is, it is, it is I think kind so. of romantic. I think you like, can, we get to the, yeah. You can make so many people laugh when you tell them that you're doing this for honeymoon. You and I, I think everyone, you will make everyone laugh. <laughs> everyone always tells us they're like, I would never do a race with my partner. That's a horrible idea. I you're going to get a divorce. I think we have a we have a funny special relationship. Yeah, but that's but... just nice, yeah. Yeah. But there are a few couples that keep on keep on doing this. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. There think, are a couple. Yeah, there, there are, some, there are there a few are a couple couples who you see on many, many ultras like this always as a pair mm-hmm. and this is uh mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Well what are you doing next year? Have you decided? Mm, I'm not decided yet. So I'm I'm looking a bit also next year there's another thing finish my PhD. So I also have to see a bit how this is going but um i thought rather i at first i do the bikepacking trip with marion to have an idea like how it also goes for multi-day trips 
And then I'm looking a bit for like events that are maybe like 800k, something like the length of Badlands. Mm-hmm. That's a good and, length. Um, but I'm also thinking about talking about Kyrgyzstan. Next, uh, next to Kyrgyzstan, there's the Pamir Highway. Do you know the Pamir Highway? It's like a yeah, it's popular... Sophie and uh, Adrian. They, they they rode it this summer. Yeah, and I think this this is like a it's like a road connecting Bishkek and the capital of Tajikistan. And it's like 1,800 kilometers. It's a highway, but it's not the real highway. <laughs> and it's a, it's a, yeah, it's an alp- alpine gravel road. Not as technical as the Silk Road Mountain Race, probably. But as I still have issues with hiking bikes uh, regarding my knee, I, I think doing a bikepacking trip like this would be super amazing. Hmm, that's so cool. I, I'm, I'm not, I, I cannot, at the moment, I'm not, I would love to, to, give you a race schedule that I, uh, that I have <laughs> yeah. planned, but it's okay. I, at the moment I am just, I see, have to see step by step. I don't, I don't like this. Huh? Mm-hmm. I, I like signing up for things and do, following yeah. my plans, but uh, mm-hmm. at the moment it's a bit of my body uh, that's mm. telling me I need to see how ski. Take it one day at a time. Exactly. And now it's, I have to see also how skiing goes. I, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How totally. the bikepacking with Marion yeah. goes. And then maybe mm-hmm. afterwards I know a bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah well let's do a this or that <laughs> yeah we got a couple questions for you ah nice um, <laughs> first one is would you choose badlands route or atlas mountain race route that's a tough one <laughs> um, i would choose atlas mountain race route but mm. by day please <laughs> by day yeah mm-hmm. Amen to I that. think totally. I, I didn't mind the hike your bikes in Atlas Mountain Race because I didn't mm-hmm. have the same knee issues as now. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think what is very amazing about the Atlas Mountain Race route is that it's not that it's hard because people decide you want, you should go on the beach uh, because, uh, and there's a perfect road next to it. When the places mm-hmm. are, when the terrain is tough, it's because it's beautiful and there's no other option. So it's mm, it's somehow yeah, yeah. more satisfying to, or it's not uh, that frustrating to go through these hard um, mountain passes. And I think also, or I perceive the Atlas Mountain Race route as like, when it becomes, when you start getting annoyed by a hike your bike, when you realize like, oh, this is getting too much, then it stops and there's a nice tarmac section. And I, I perceive this, I, I think the route is very good. I just have to repeat myself on this. Um, but the Badlands route also is very good, of course. Um, I mean, it's very hard to say. I also liked, uh, liked, uh, the Gorafe Desert a lot. Um, but for, for Badlands, I would add the Picoveleta again. I think the Picoveleta was in the very first edition and I think they dropped it because, um, it was a bit dangerous for many participants. Maybe Badlands is a bit more accessible. So maybe they didn't want to send people to the mountain pass where the weather can change. Um, but I think it would make the race, or like if you're more someone who searches adventure, um, then you would edit. But I mean, I can also totally understand that um, they want to keep it accessible to too many people and not add too many hiker bikes. Yeah. Gravel bike or mountain bike? Mm. I was always like, since I've moved the apps, I always had only a gravel bike. And people were telling me, why don't you use a mountain bike in the, <laughs> in the apps? Um, 
In fact, I would say mountain bike now because wow. Because I think uh, when I I was like when I had the mountain bike for the first time, I was like, ah, now I understand it. <laughs> I understand yeah, it. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Because uh, mm -hmm. for me, actually, here I'm not riding gravel bike a lot because the terrain is just not 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 good for it. It's too steep. It's too rocky. You have more fun on the mountain bike. In Germany, for example, I would totally prefer a gravel bike. Um, but here it, it gives me more access to, to the terrain around Grenoble, to the, to the Alps where I'm usually riding. So yeah, the mountain bike for me opened a lot of options. Amazing. Okay. Last one is skiing or biking. <laughs> That's also a very hard one. Um, I was actually facing a bit this, this question recently because I was discussing with someone if I would maybe operate the knee. And there was the question when to operate it. And the question is, do you rather, yeah, operate it in summer? Miss your ski summer, season or your bike season? Or you yeah. <laughs> lose the winter? And I think maybe this is also because I've, I've, I've uh, moved to Grenoble three years ago. The skiing somehow has for me a dimension that you cannot always do it. Like the conditions need to be good. Um, it, there's more effort in having good ski day or it's, it's harder to have good ski days than good bike days. For me, it's something that says is still very special. Um, but I like both a lot. <laughs> I also even went to, with um, a bike to the, to the, to the snow line and started skiing from there. So cool. So, um, Yeah, so awesome. but but maybe if I would need to choose for the moment, I would maybe even choose skiing because I think the winters they become more and more rare. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think you true. can always if you if you don't like if you don't like winters, it's easier to escape from winter than to find good yeah. snow if you want to have good snow. Ah, yeah, sure, sure. So yeah, good snow is hard to come by these days. Yeah, exactly. And I think, uh, yeah, but cycling is a, an amazing sport. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not a free, I like both. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. They're both really fun. Yeah. Definitely have their places. Yeah. Mm. Oh, well, thank you so much, Louisa. This thank was so you. great. I hope the timing works out that we get to meet in person in Vancouver in February. Yeah. Well, so maybe... cool that you do conferences all over the world, right? I mean, yeah, it's a bit like when I started the PhD, I also had, co there was COVID and I was a lot in lockdown and the beginning was really not fun. And now since, I mean, in computer science, you need to publish and while ma many other sciences, they need to write journal papers for us, it's what counts the most are conference papers. And when you get a paper accepted, you also need to present it. If you don't present it, it will not be a... Uh, in the proceedings so um that's why uh if you get a paper accepted you <laughs> need to go to conference go. and that's i think cool. that's also yeah it's a, it's a it's a good opportunity and it uh yeah compensates a bit Free for the beginning of the yeah. of the phd mm, <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. yeah well thank you maybe i'll see you in a couple weeks in Yeah, yeah Canary, or did you say Lanzarote? <laughs> yeah, or we, one of the Canary yeah, Islands. Yeah, we, we basically follow we follow pretty much the route of um, for the Grand yeah, Blanche, we, for the mountain bike. It, you're going with mountain bikes, we, we right? We mix a bit gravel and mountain bike, and we also cool. don't. We wanted to. I think Marion also stays longer, but uh, I mean, mm. you, could, you could also talk uh, 
about it later. Yeah, and wonderful. We'll yeah. catch up. So super it would cool. be very, very well, nice actually to. It would be. It would be super it's fun. It's a good place to to be in. Um, it sure in, is. In, uh, in the winter. winter, yeah, we were also thinking about um, Israel, but I mean, Israel. That was before mm. the war started. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. We were <laughs> thinking about another place, Om Oman, or oh, oh you know? yes. Mm -hmm. This I mm -hmm. would also have liked a lot, but it was way more expensive than the can. Interesting yeah. than the Canaries. Yeah, the Canaries are cheap. If you live in Europe, it's cheap to fly. Exactly there. from the US, it's not as, as I cheap, pay, but it's still possible. It's like it almost was shock me off. Like eighty euros. No, I paid twenty five. Oh my god, that's not okay. It's probably like five hundred or six hundred dollars for me to fly from the US. Yeah. Oh, it would be more from. Where I live. From you, from Vancouver, definitely. It's expensive. Yeah, yeah. Vancouver is not. Crazy. It's beautiful. It's the best place yeah. to live, but it's uh, hard, hard to get, to get to anywhere. I'm looking yeah. forward to go there. You'll love it. Mm. Yeah, You'll love yeah it. I mean, it's mm. a bit, I feel a bit bad for flying to go cycling. But yeah, it was a bit also like this summer was pretty hard for me. Not being able to ride my bike. Grenoble is super hot in summer, so... I was going, I, I, I could not even work because it was, so, I was going to coffee shops to work because it was climatized because it was so hot in my flat and the oh people were hiking. I could not hike. I could not run. I could not uh, bike. I could not even swim. Injury is so hard. Because yeah, swimming was actually a problem when pushing off the wall. You know, this is also, mm. so yeah, injury is, is super hard. So that's also why I changed oh. with my philosophy. <laughs> Yeah. Mm. So I yeah. thought, okay, good, maybe yeah. I can get a bit summer in, mm. yeah. In winter, in winter. Yeah. get to enjoy it, make up for it for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, it was super wonderful chatting. Thank you so yeah, much thank for you. joining us. It was good to connect <laughs> yeah, it was here. So wonderful. Hear more about your story. Yeah, looking forward yeah. to well, meet you soon, hopefully in person, and uh, yeah. and to see. Maybe I'll see yeah. you soon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, thanks everybody. <laughs>